Hi and welcome to the CarMed Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. I'm Trudy Lewis. Hi everyone. So this week in our news section, we thought that we would cover what's been going on in our weeks. Jenny's just come back from holiday. Advita's got just general news as always. And, and so we just thought we'd have a little chit chat around what we've been doing so far. So I don't know, I should pick which one of you should start first. I'm going to start with Advita, go for it. I love how Trudy said Advita's got news as usual too. <laughs> so you always got something to say. Always <laughs> got something to share and go on about. Well, my week's been, re- I have actually got lots to share this week. Leader Like Me launched our third cohort, which we're very excited about. So that kicked off today, a Wednesday, for those of you who may be not listening uh, on, on the week. And it was great. And it's just, you know what, what Priya and I chatted about the speed the programme has grown in the last, you know, since July last year when we did our first cohort. And just the feedback we've had from the community has been so inspiring. And to see the new, slightly apprehensive faces of the new cohort who have joined us, you know, it's just because we're used to it now. Because in the first cohort, we were both equally apprehensive. We're like, oh, where's this going to take us? What people want to think about us? And we saw the impact we're having. And now seeing the third cohort and their faces equally the same as what the first cohort went through, it's just kind of reassuring to know that one, you know, in six weeks' time, they're going to hopefully see some sort of transformation in who they are and what they're, what they're about as well. So that excites me. And we also launched our Diversity in PR conference, which is going to be happening in October the 14th. So that's really exciting. And those of you who have been following my Insta stories on my office, or shopis. Uh, yeah. I'm actually, I am, I know. I was in it last week once, I'm now in it, and I've got furniture. And tomorrow, uh, my bookcase will be arriving. So next time you're on a video call with me, you'll have my, uh, I've never, you know what's really funny? I've not had a bookcase, like a proper bookcase as an adult. So I had one when I was a, like a kid, like we, me and my sister used to share a room and we had our shared bookcase that we had all our books on because we were avid readers in the family. I read hundreds and hundreds of books. And I remember even, I don't know if anybody did this and if anyone did do this, let me know. But we used to, we used to numbered our books like a library. Oh, I, I had a stamp and I was a oh. library. So I had like a date stamp when I used to play offices and I'd stamp my books and check them in and out. The kindred spirits. <laughs> we literally we went through and uh, we got these sticky labels. This is like some holiday time. We got sticky labels yeah. and numbered them like one, two, whatever. And just look, like pulling out and have we had a sheet? And we used to put a number in and what book to honestly, yeah. honestly, kindred spirits. We didn't have a stamp there. We weren't fancy. Oh, I had a stamp. And I had a bell, like a little bell that you did. did. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I still got it in like my box of treasures that my mum kept for me. Oh, but yeah, I was always God. playing offices when I was little. I love that. bookshelf. I've oh. always had it from when I was a child. I've always had a, you know, if I, if, if, if it, if I move or whatever, I always get another one. And so always bookshelves are a big deal. Yeah. No, well, I've not, I've not had one as a as a fully functioning adult, if you call it, <laughs> if you call it fully functioning as an adult, I should say. I was say. <laughs> I know. So you'll see, like, I want to test out like the rainbow thing, and then you know, should I have ornaments on each shelf? I mean, I'm such a geek; it's ridiculous. But I've never had anything like that, so I'm dead excited. And I've also got my one of my childhood fantasies was getting a neon sign. I've always loved those neon signs that you used to see on. Yeah. Those. I love that you called it a childhood fantasy, not like a, a childhood dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
last time, which has just made me think about inappropriate things of fantasy and neon signs. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I meant childhood dream. It could be fantasy. I don't know really childhood. You know, really not, not a neon sign when you're no, a child. No, no, I just I just recalled what a neon sign is associated to as well. So just ignore all of that. I was thinking of takeaways. Oh my god, I'm feeling really hot and bothered now. I did not mean my childhood was not that warm. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I have got a professional neon sign that you will not find, I hope, in a red light district anytime soon, uh, with comms travel on it. So that's going to have a pride of place behind me. My childhood dream. Childhood, childhood dream. dream. Want, you get to understand the inner workings of my brain in, in, that, in that little section. Uh, but yeah, that's my week. We've had like, it's been quite a busy one. So it's been a good one, though. So what about you? How was your holiday, Jenny? I know you've been talking, I should say, about... Um, the Rebel Ideas by Matthew Yeah, Sanders. yeah. The holiday was lovely. So it's my first time camping in Cornwall and first time in Cornwall. So lots of firsts for me. Uh, but my husband's family are quite big campers. So they know exactly what they're doing. And it was all of us together. So my in-laws and my husband's two brothers and their partners. And it was lovely. I mean, I will go camping forevermore, I think. And it, it was the thing that I think was lovely about going was not just the quality time with everybody, but the fact that because you're in a tent in a camping park, you're so disconnected. And that's really what I was looking forward to was really switching off. And when we came back, we watched a trailer for something on the television. And I was like, God, this is a real attack on my senses, <laughs> this trailer, because I haven't had anything like this for over a week. And that that was what was lovely. So lots of kind of walks, lots of and um, beaches, lots of just chilling by the tent and absolutely reading the book Rebel Ideas by Matthew Said, which I finished while I was away and have not stopped talking about, as you're quite right, because I keep highlighting it and there's so much great content in it. And it was lovely to have the time to really absorb that. I think the, the one thing that the holiday has helped me bring back into balance is, is the pace and just to slow things down again. And I think it's been very easy for all of us in the last year to feel like everything's got to be immediate and be on this kind of hamster wheel. And even though I try my best not to do that and put boundaries in place, actually properly stopping to reset has been one of the best things I could have done. So the week away was was absolutely fabulous. And so I haven't really got much other news other than I came back from Cornwall and just picking up some conversations that I was having before so picking there's lots of client work we've got going on around developments of apps and um got the field model underway with a client so we're still working through how to get them from chaos to calm which is nice and that's progressing nicely and it's just yeah lots of good conversations today this has been kind of my first day back to it and I went to London this week which has been very exciting and met someone met someone that I've mentored for a long time in person which was really great the train journey back less great because there were delays and then it decided not to stop at my station and so things don't change it felt like it was 2019 all over again but it's just been nice nice to feel like we're having some variety doing ordinary things and just and having a bit more focus to to what I'm doing and I think that's just what I really needed but yeah lovely and then I've got you know just really lovely things coming up I've got barbecues with friends and and just some nice social things I know we've chatted this week about how our social lives are kind of opening up again and We've all been out seeing friends in gardens or lunches and things. And I just, it's just nice to feel like there is some ordinary 
activity going on which we have you know what i'm finding with socializing i don't know if anyone else can relate but i'm exhausted like yes. after i've been like um, I'm, I'm so tired like so used to not doing anything well over the past year and a half just not going anywhere not really you know having that much to do and all of our socializing has been on zoom so when you do it face to face it's yeah well there's so much other stuff going on isn't there like when we're talking now obviously over zoom to do this and there's nothing else that I my senses need to pick up on because I'm just here whereas when you're in a coffee shop there's all the other things that are going on so your energy and everything is going in lots of different places and I think that's what we just forget is you're just so focused when you're here that you know and it's also remembering how to socialize (laughs) I don't know what to do with my hands or I don't know how to it's mainly my hands and I don't even know what that is I mean I overly gesture anyway which I'm frantically doing now which no one can see but it is you know I just don't know what to do with them just wave them about yeah 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 interesting what about you Trude what you been up to yeah I've just been preparing for some coaching things that are coming up doing some leadership coaching soon and closing out another piece of clients work over the next few weeks which has been a bit stressful it's a comsy one and it's been a bit stressful in that there's a lot of deliverables but you know it, it's been good as well it's quite stretching I think what some of these what some of these harder contracts that you have sometimes remind you of some of the things that you should be doing and how you should be approaching some of your work so it's I found it really useful to then review what how I do things and when I do things and so that's been quite good. So there's quite a lot of those th- types of things. And like both of you, I've been getting out and about a little bit, not so much, but getting out and about and seeing a few people. And that's been that's been really good fun. It's been nice seeing people. It's been nice going out. Some places have been a bit heaving, so it's been a bit overwhelming. But then at the same time, I think it's really good to, you know, it's good to kind of get out there and do some normal things again. It's good to see people. I mean, you know, the amount of those people that I haven't seen for over a year is spooky. It's kind yeah. of like, I can't believe that I haven't seen him in over a year. That's been how I've been handling it. But some good things coming up, more developments around Edge and some of the things that I'm working on. And I spoke to a virtual assistant today to try and get me organised. And that was Yay! quite cool. <laughs> we like virtual assistants. They are yeah. our... It was great. It's interesting what you're saying about the, you know, the places that are really busy. Being in London today had such a nice vibe to it like it didn't feel too busy and and I was just so excited I was in Natural Kitchen over in Bank and Natural Kitchen is somewhere I used to go all the time at Waterloo Station I'd have loads of meetings in there so I was a bit beside myself about the fact that I was being given a nice coffee and and, and some eggs on some muffins because it's been yeah. such a long time yeah I used to do that almost daily so yeah. um yeah it's been a it's Aww. been a nice week sounds like we've had a very good week it's good you should come down soon I know it's been nearly nearly 15 16 months I think last time I was in London when we all went for dinner together after a board yes. meeting Goodness, in February 2020 yeah that's how long it's been so yes I will definitely be popping down to, to see both of you anyway we have got our we all one thing we haven't mentioned, we're actually getting together, aren't we, at the end of... We are, end of, end of July. Yeah. So our retreat, which is going to be amazing. Yes, yeah. yeah, we'll have to share more about that as we get closer in terms of, like, what it is and why we do it and how we might be bringing that to the masses later on this year exactly. as well. So, Definitely. yeah. Well, that was a good little chat. As you can probably tell, we could go on forever. 
talking about our weeks and whatever. Um, <laughs> but do let us know if you have any thoughts on your own kind of things, what you've been doing as things have been opening up more and been getting involved in your work. So it'd be great to hear from you about that. And also, we hope that you will enjoy the next episode, which is about investment in expertise, which is coming up. Uh, also, please take the time to send us a review or send us some feedback because we'd love to hear from you. Thanks. And, and do let us know what your uh, childhood fantasy is as well. Yeah. Really uh, don't, don't, don't do that. that. <laughs> don't do that. That's a line we don't need to cross. <laughs>If you want to find out more about how you can work with us you can visit our website which is calmedgedrebels.com here you can find out more about each of us individually and it will also give you links to our own websites which are colinear.co for trudy commsrebel.com for advita and redefining comms for me jenny you can also follow us on instagram and on twitter at calmedgedrebels and you can also follow us individually on twitter instagram and linkedin so if you do want to work with us around communications, consulting, coaching or workshops, please do get in touch. So in this episode, I really want to talk about investment in expertise. And part of the reason I want to talk about it is because I think it's really easy for us to invest a little amount in something we want to learn or a skill we want to develop in the hope that that kind of ticks the box. And I suppose it's probably a little bit of a a soapbox or bugbear for me where people will invest a little bit in something and then claim an expertise having done something very, very brief uh, and therefore will then charge people to advise in that capacity. Now, I should be clear here, I'm not talking purely about people that work in communication. I think this affects people that work in the fitness industry as well. But it, it kind of got me thinking the other day around why we're so reluctant to sometimes invest in ourselves and invest heavily in ourselves or in our organisation or in our team to really achieve the things we want to achieve. Why we always try and find shortcuts to do that, why we try and find the easy way to do that and, and what drives that rather than actually thinking, do you know what, I'm going to invest X amount in terms of money or time and I'm going to take my time to do this and that kind of need to be an expert immediately, I think sometimes is to our detriment. So that was kind of what was in my head. And I would just love to know, Advita, you're smiling at me, (laughs) kind of what your thoughts are on investment and expertise and all that jazz. Oh, I love this topic. I think it's... Oh, where to start? (laughs) I equally share your frustrations with individuals who... Um, do a course and then uh, market it as the expert or the specialist in that area of work where it makes me think how can you say that you're a, a specialist in that when you have only done someone else's course that tells you how to do that only once because for me to, you know to, and, and I don't really like the word expert either to be honest and I, and I don't even use it for myself um, because you're always learning right Mm-hmm. But it, for, for me, it's about the insight and the data and the research you do around a particular topic. So if we take your resilience training, Jenny, right, mm-hmm. you have worked on that program, that module, the work that you do, you've got the you brought people on board to advise and guide you've done you've done your due diligence around it. 
you've you've you spent many months and even years in understanding it properly before you could feel confident enough to go out there as a specialist and say come on with me and I you know I know this and if I asked you questions about resilience you would you'd be able to answer them pretty easily without any kind mm-hmm. of you know hesitation and you can normally catch those folks out in my view you know the people who have only done the one Udami is it Udami it is Udami isn't it the course is it I have Udami? no idea Udemi. is it Udami is that you say Udemi, Udemi I think Udemi yeah. Anyway, I'm sure one of our lovely listeners. I think that's one of our lovely, I can't remember. lovely <laughs> listeners will correct correct my pronunciation there. But you know that th- those kind of programs where they're very short, snappy online training things. I you know I know people like I'm not going to obviously do and name anybody like that. But I know people who have been on that and done that course and then kind of ripped it off and said I'm an expert in this area and taken you know some wow. other stuff and I'm a bit like oh <laughs> ethically this is just not on and why you know and one of the things I always advise my coaches when they're asking me about training is have a look at that person that you want to get training from and have a look at their credentials and what are they saying and how often do they talk about it and you know d- don't don't be embarrassed to ask them for testimonials and expertise you know ask people like I'd be like when I do my confidence uh, stuff you guys know this I've done my confidence stuff for years it's something that has personally has affected me and I've done my kind of due diligence on it I'm like I actually advise people to say if you want testimonials and you want to speak to people that I've spoken to before and trained and coached then I can give you them because it's really important to me that I am seen as a credible source but I just don't think other people have that kind of morality maybe what do you think Trudy oh gosh (laughs) this too is one of my bugbears (laughs) so for me I think there are two things that came out of what both of you said so one of so Jenny said something about immediacy and I think that in itself is one of the problems the reason why it happens so much because nobody nobody can take the time to learn a craft and say well okay you know I'm, I'm really good at this and Advita, you talked about the word expert. And for me, again, I'm I'm very similar to you. I don't really use it or, or don't like it too much because we're constantly learning. And then how can you prove that you're an expert? You know, it's, it's a little bit like it's, it's like an over over egged term. We don't need to, to say it. So there are two things for me. But, you know, even within the coaching world, you know, that's another area where you've got loads of people say some people even just read an article you know <laughs> they've just and this that goes for even I've, I've known of and I'm not knocking learning something new in those ways because those all of those different formats whether it's YouTube or articles or you know we're talking about short courses they are all valid reason ways of learning stuff it's about attaching it to I'm now an expert which is the problem and so I I do have an issue with it because I just don't see how you can be an expert just because you've read an article or done a YouTube Mm. thing. And I do think it's dangerous in that if you are pushing that forward and selling it to people and people are buying into it, thinking that they're going to get a certain level of expertise. I've had people who said to me, and this was a comms situation, they said, oh, no, I haven't really spoken to anybody who's told me the things that you've told me about comms and I've paid for people to tell me about this stuff and basically they've just told them like the basics that you probably would pick up from an article and mm. you know I kind of wondered to myself how many other people are doing this type of thing mm. how many mm. pe- other people are being affected by this and then actually investing in it and then finding that 
actually what you got was quite substandard or or just a little bit yeah there's a fine balance isn't there like I when I look at training or when I'm looking at somebody who I want to get training from I look at their experience in terms of have they experienced what I'm experiencing especially when it's things like when I was going through my confidence and imposter syndrome situation a few years ago and I was trying to understand for myself what this meant you know I looked at people who spoke about it quite passionately, who, who gave me scientific facts around it, who were, you know, some of the psychologists around it as well, because I wanted to get the theory behind it. And then I also looked at the people who have uh, invested time into it, right? And I do think a part, of, a part of it is the credibility of someone who's done the due diligence, has done the research, has, has investigated a little bit more. I don't, I don't believe, and this is something that I talk to a leader like me uh, community about, is I don't believe you need to get a PhD behind every single thing that you want to talk about. I don't think we need to go that far, but I do think you do need to be informed enough to have a have an opinion about the work that you're doing without just reading one article, if that makes sense. So I, I know some people who are listening might think, oh, that means, well, I'm, you know, I am a, a coach, right? And they haven't got qualifications in coaching. I am, I, I think, you know, if you are a experienced individual and you're coaching people in that area of work, I don't necessarily think it's a, a need really to get it. Yeah. I think it's good if you get it, amazing, which is why I got qualified. But I don't think it's something you need to go and get if you have got the experience to back yeah. you up, right? I think yeah. that's really important to note that, especially when it's coaching. And I do think the experience part of coaching means quite a lot as well. Yeah. And I'm using that as an example, but there's other other things when people talk about finances, right? Yeah. When, when it's about people and it's about people changing their lives, that's when I get a bit edgy about things. Yeah. And what about kind of the other side of that? So not just about people claiming to be experts when they've, you know, read a, a book. There's a great book, by the way, called Influential Internal Communication. But I'm also thinking about when uh, just as an individual, if I want to learn a skill, you know, content and um, and stuff is so available now, more available than it's ever been, that people can do and and again in any industry so I could do some kind of online course to learn I don't know how to be an Olympic weightlifter for example and I can do like an online course but am I am I really going to get the benefit of that and I was listening to a podcast the other day from McKinsey where they said that if it's something that's online it's training if it's something that's in person it's learning Mm -hmm. Um, because they were I think linking to experiential learning which is quite a known model and that's I think there's some truth in that, but I, I kind of feel like we we have this need to to maybe learn or develop ourselves, but we want to take the quickest route to do that. So it's easier for me to pay ninety pounds to do an online course, and then all of a sudden I can you know lose weight because I've signed up to an online course for for ninety days, or I can learn how to be an Olympic weightlifter because I can go and do a course, and I can watch some YouTube videos, and and then I'm done. And then lo and behold, I'm I'm now sort of qualified. But I just I, that really jars with me a little bit because I feel like if you really want to do that and you want that to be your career or your profession or you want to really you know invest in yourself why do something that feels like it's just going to be just you know training for want of a better expression and not mm. true learning to help you really do that really know that and then you know if you want to go on and sell it or use it as something to be part of your career I just I, I just find it really interesting 
There is so much you can get online and or, you know, from blogs and all sorts of things. And what I noticed, you know, I was doing some research the other day for something. And what I've noticed is you also have to be careful about the people who are writing articles about things as if to say they are expertise about some things because it's just opinion sometimes. And that in itself is something that you have to have to be a little bit careful of. But but generally, I think it's about, as you said, it's the rush to get qualified or the rush to get some knowledge. And and there's no real need for it. I think what's much more beneficial is paying for something probably in its entirety and getting a proper kind of credited training from something rather than something that's temporary because I, I look at it as temporary because you know you, you're going to have to do so much more work to get to the point where you are an expert or you could mm. be considered an expert that you may as well have just wait invested the money and time and done something a little bit more substantial so so there's all of all of that kind of thing I think it's 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 difficult especially when you're trying to be competitive I'm sure you know you, you're trying to be competitive you're told that you need to do your personal development you might not have your company investing in you so you think oh I'll just grab that and grab that but but the reality is that you know I can't say how much I've benefited from actually doing whole courses accredited things you know along the along the journey and rather than just kind of dipping in here and there when it comes to research that's fine but when it comes to actually things that I want to go and push out there as a, as a selling point it has to be something that I'm more confident about than than just, you know, an online thing. You know, I, I I don't know. I think there's a lot around also the topic. You know, what what is it that you're learning? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, Trudy, that I those people who are listening who are doing, you know, if you're working and your boss says to you, oh, you need to go and get a little bit more training around finance, or you need to go and get a little bit more training on how to do project management. I think that's fine. Those courses, you know, the courses on Udami, Udami, however you say it. <laughs> online I courses. don't even know what this word is. I've got no idea what you two are talking about. <laughs> Whatever. I always get emails from them. I signed up. I get about, emails. What is it? It's an online. It's an online training program thing. Oh. That can, it's, I mean, I got. I did it ten years ago. I was one of them, right? I am one of those individuals that. Uh, which is why I'm so passionate about this topic is that I have to have a certificate to prove my worth mm-hmm. <laughs> about everything. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, that that kind of stuff. If you're if your boss or your or you're a consultant or a freelancer, you need to enhance your skills just to build up your toolbox of experience. Then that I think that's okay. If you are then going to push yourself as a trainer and you're going to teach others, like I'm talking about group teaching. You know, we do workshops and things like that. You know, I would expect that individual to have gone that extra step, right? I would expect them to have done the research, done the insight work, got the the qualifications if the qualifications exist or would have at least done more than reading one blog post or one book or watching one YouTube video. Just because I've read Mel Robbins' 543 to 1 doesn't necessarily mean I'm Mel Robbins, even though her concept is quite simple. (laughs) And it's uncanny. (laughs) Yeah, it's uncanny. Yeah, it's uncanny for me. Yeah, so I just so I said I don't want anyone to think who are listening going, oh my goodness, does that mean now I need to invest thousands, thousands of pounds in my training just so I get a certificate? Mm. No, what we're saying, or what I'm saying anyway, I can't obviously with Jenny and Trudy, but what I'm saying and what my belief is that if you then want to go and teach others, and I mean 
training courses, standing on stage and lecturing people on how to do things the right way, uh, your way or, your, your, or the way you think it should be done, then I would expect you to go the extra step mm. and, and, and do your homework mm. properly and not just watch a tutorial once uh, or read a book once and then think you can deliver a program. Yeah. Like and, and and I would agree with that 100%, you know, that you, you've, you've got to, you've got to be able to give more if you're actually charging people to come and hear you, yes. learn from you, walk away and say, well, actually, I learned something from X. And now I can do it. Because that's, that's, that, that's the expectation. If you go to a course, a short course or anything, your expectation is that you're going to learn something to the extent that you can go away and do it yourself. So if there's questions around that person, that individual's credibility and ability to do that, then you've invested in something that isn't giving you what the, you know, the right outcome that you want to achieve. So, so yeah, I 100% agree with that. And when I, we were talking just now about the people that will invest a little amount to achieve a, a longer term goal. So the kind of 90 pounds, I'll invest in that and do something. And then now I know everything there is to know about something or another. But that doesn't give you the the depth of the expertise to maybe truly achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve. So if I wanted, I'm going to use the Olympic weightlifting again. I don't know why that's my example today. But if I thought, right, that's what I want to learn to be able to do, I can do an online course. I'm not going to get the depth of learning. So is that then a false economy because I'm going to have to invest in something that's, that's deeper anyway in terms of that physical experiential learning? But then also, as we've been talking, I've written down, are we just old? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because that's what it is. Oh actually, is it, it, is it actually, you know, totally acceptable for people these days to, to learn, you know, very quickly and then go and off and share that expertise? But it's not just the people that take something and then go and profit from it. It's also just us as human beings and that need to learn and, and trying to do stuff quickly when... We don't want to. We, we, we want to be able to do something immediately. We don't want to invest the time to, to learn. But is that just because people are changing and people want to do things more quickly and that's fine and actually learning to Olympic weightlift online, boom, you know, three weeks done, I can now do it. Is that, I don't know. I just think part of me is going, are we just old? But then part of me is also thinking, is it possible to really properly learn a new skill in that sort of time frame I think the perception is that we can learn things that quickly and that's because of the fastness of the world we're living in now so I think there is something about the fact that I'm old in that I (laughs) I I would probably look back at other things that I've learned and it didn't it didn't happen overnight and but then none of the or at least a good chunk of the things that I wanted to learn along the way wasn't necessarily accessible and now so many things are accessible for people there's a there's a course or training for practically every single thing you can think about so if you if that's the situation that people are being faced with maybe there's a perception that they have as individuals that oh if it's there and if if it's there and if it's accessible then it can be done so you know why not do you know what I'm thinking now we're kind of chatting about? Because <laughs> I like our thought process on an actual live podcast. <laughs> but you know what I'm thinking now? I, no, part of me is now thinking may, the due diligence should be on the person who's going to buy that training, right? So am I bothered? Am, am I really bothered? So let, let me just take an example. So you know that that young millionaire, Stephen, the one who did social um, chain, social chain, right? Young 
young guy, young black guy from Manchester. He set up a business at the back end of his bedroom uh, when he was in university. And so, have you not heard of social change? No, I've got no, no idea. No, sorry. I have to look it up. You know, I heard of Stephen, Bar- <laughs> you know, yeah. Stephen, Bar- Stephen Bartlett, I think his surname is. He no. must have. No, no, maybe if I looked it up, I'd actually say, oh, he just written that. that book. He just written the book called The Sexy Millionaire. Oh, OK. No. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, gosh. <laughs> wow. I'm, I think I'm more shocked about that. Than- <laughs> anyway, so he's this, you know, a, a, a young uh, young guy, you know, 21, I think he was when he set up his business in the back end of his bedroom. And he created this amazing company, multinational company. He sold it for millions of pounds, became a multimillionaire by the age of 26. And he did that through his own learning and I don't think he he didn't finish university from what I from what I know but he did it through being intuitive being smart being a bit clever about the work that he was doing and then he managed to create a business based on that experience in that year and and it became quite successful so are we then saying so I'm like kind of now I'm kind of double backing on myself here a little bit am I now <laughs> am I now saying that you know if you have got that because some people do have that intuitiveness right mm-hmm. and I would want to learn from those like I you know that Stephen Bartlett person who you two haven't heard of. <laughs> I do you know I do follow him and his tweets and everything and I think you know what this guy this guy is a smart guy and he's actually created something and he's inspiring so many people out there to understand that you don't have to have had a PhD. You don't have to have had millions of pounds. You know, as long as you've got the appetite, the, the, the nous really to learn, and you've got the enthusiasm to do it properly, and you've got the evidence and the data to back up your belief and your vision, then that's okay. And I think that's what I'm kind of coming to, conclusion. I'm talking out loud to all you people that are listening. But now I'm thinking, if the evidence and the backup and the data demonstrates that individual is actually quite a credible, credible person because their advice is actually working and it's making a difference, then surely that's what we should be looking at, right? And that's mm. why when I said earlier on that I want people to check out my testimonials and speak to people that I have trained and worked with and coached because I think that demonstrates our value. So I may not have a certificate in how to beat confidence because I don't know if one exists. Please correct me if it does. I don't know. Maybe I I'll, make, I'll make you one if there. Yeah, if make, there make me one. Oh, we could but make. I, yeah, yeah, make make me one. But but I do know a lot about confidence, and I do know and I understand what it's like. And I've read lots. Like I said at the beginning, I've read lots of research, and the people that I work with and support have also seen benefits from my advice. So is that that's what we should be looking at, right? Yeah, and I think for me, it's almost that combination of your lived experience and how you're able to share that, but also backed up with other reading and insight so you mentioned mental resilience for me earlier now I have read researched various different things around that I have brought experts in to help run the workshops that I do on it and I've got my own experience around resilience and the own tech and my own techniques that I use but it's a combination of different things that have built up that knowledge it's not just one person it's not just one experience and I think that's what's in maybe that's the bit that's important is you're not just having one thing and taking that and going off and doing it you're kind of having you know lots of different places and we're kind of getting into that tips and an advice part of 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 the podcast and I'm trying to think because these conversations always go in a strange direction (laughs) exactly (laughs) what tips and advice we're, we're coming to and I suppose for me there's there's probably a couple that I'm thinking of immediately which is if you are looking to 
to learn something in order to sell that service or product, then you need to invest in yourself for learning, not just training. And I think there is a, is a difference there. And I think if you are looking to invest in learning for you just to learn stuff, then I think to your point, Avita, you've it's on you to do the due diligence to find the right person to help you do that. But also really think about how important that is. You know, I always say, if it's important enough, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. And I think the same goes for the investment in your skills and your development, whatever that might be, that if it's going to take you six months with, you know, decent investment in time and maybe financially, or you could watch a quick YouTube video for a couple of weeks, actually, what's going to get you to the goal that you want to achieve? And I think those are the things to kind of think about. Gosh, for me, I, 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 I'd agree. It's a bit challenging to come up with a few tips around this one I do think there are that there is a distinction between people who are going to take their learning or their what they've trained in online and sell it as you know I am an expert and that's different from the person who's just you know I've got some talent and gifts and I'm just expanding that by adding to my knowledge adding to my my expertise but I do think it's you know, it's really important that we all make that decision to take the time to mm. invest. So, so, you know, whatever it is that you're learning, it's taking the time to do it rather than trying to do things overnight and trying to, to just immediately say, well, I went to bed, not so bright and I'm awake. And now <laughs> I'm able I'm to, I'm able to write a thesis on such and such. <laughs> and such. <laughs> You know, it's it's just it's it's just it doesn't it's not right. And then and then, as I said, if you're if you're then on the other end and you are trying to find the right course, I think do a bit more exploration as to where these courses come from, who these people are running it, and I'm sure that 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 Steve that guy that you mentioned that Even guy you mentioned, I've been googling yeah social chain that guy I'm sure that he probably would have had a mentor somebody who is more experienced and knowledgeable than he is who would have come alongside him and helped him even if that mentor was his dad so for me I think you know if you are in that situation and you want to learn get somebody alongside you as well you know it's it's definitely worth having somebody else to bounce ideas off bounce thoughts about the things that you think you're going to pursue because there'll always be somebody else who knows exactly what you should and shouldn't be doing on some of these you know, some somebody's had the bad experience, or you know, come and talk to us. <laughs> and 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 then taken taken their advice, giving it to you, and making sure that you you make the right steps forward. I was just thinking then, you know, at, at the moment we're talking about the due diligence bit, which I completely agree with with Trudy and Jenny. Definitely do your due diligence on the individual. And the reason I say this is that I Clubhouse is is one of the uh, social platforms that a lot of people now can create a stage and can talk about how they can make six figures in 10 minutes uh, and, and and when you actually dig a bit deeper in these people who can make six figures in 10 minutes so they're working in you know not that there's anything wrong with it but they're working in macadies serving fries and just be really wary just be really wary of those individuals who have these really kind of out there kind of targets you know like six figures in 10 days and six figures in 10 minutes and those kind of things because if that was true 
I'm not you know human beings are you know I know Trudy said you you go to bed not as bright and you wake up but human <laughs> beings generally are you know we're generally are smart smart individuals so just be wary of that and and do and, and don't fall for that kind of stuff at all I would also say um that be don't be afraid to ask people for credentials or for experience or for testimonials if you're on the fence or you're not quite sure you know spend a little bit more time in getting to know those people if especially if it's things around resilience and coaching and confidence and those kind of things that's going to uh, change your personal life rather than the uh, same with technical but with technical skills you know you've got courses and all of that but when things are dramatically going to change the way you live I would highly recommend that you spend a little bit more time getting to know those individuals properly and you know have a conversation with them I think that's really really important yeah and I think that's really solid advice for whichever way you're looking at the expertise and just make just make sure you're giving yourself the time like Trudy said I think that's just really Mm. important I think it's interesting how this conversation has come around for us going it's really (laughs) on you it's on you to do your due diligence about who you're going to learn from it's not on you to decide (laughs) I think like a bit of tough love in the odd episode is there no 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 and obviously we're all we're all specialists so don't don't we're not talking about us we have We have done our due diligence. You can Google any of us, and you know, our life's safe to say. So I can imagine some somebody now messaging us on Twitter, trying to figure out what we've done. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's all right. Go for it. listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed it if you have any ideas for future episodes then just let us know on any of our social platforms and don't forget to rate us where you've listened to us you can also leave us a review on apple podcasts